consultant never has the same day. Um, it's always like different, different issues, different, you know, you're, you're always faced with things that you probably have never done before. This podcast interviews the real people in Kiev to share their life and work, as well as showing the interesting places, events, art, culture, and economic opportunities in Kiev. The goal is to help more foreign investors discover the reality of life in the capital of Ukraine so that the Ukraine economy receives more foreign investments, which creates more opportunities for the Ukrainian people to have a better future. My guest today is Alexandra Slusser. Alexandra is half Ukrainian, half Lithuanian, but she grew up in Kiev most of her life. She studies at the London School of Economics to receive a bachelor's degree in economic history. She is interested in economics, strategy, and management consulting, and she's a very interesting person to have a conversation with. Alexandra was a catwalk model at the Ukrainian Fashion Week. She loves R&B music and is a huge art lover and painter. Alexandra, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's my privilege to have you here today. And to give some context to the listener, what, who are you? like? What is the story that made you be the like Alexandra that we know and love today? Okay, so I guess the one thing that really comes to mind um, is kind of like a fun childhood story um, that actually has a little more depth to it than um, it might seem from the start. So there was a time when I was maybe six or seven and um, my grandpa was picking me up from school and um, we were we were walking home and um he met his uh, long long like um colleague that he used to work with a long time ago and i just sort of wandered off um so there was like seven-year-old sasha wandering the streets of kiev and um mind you this i i, I wandered there for like maybe two hours straight uh, until I, um, there was an, a policeman that approached me and he was like, okay, so, uh, who are you? What, like, what eight, like, why are you walking alone on the streets? You're like seven. Um, but actually I realized that I'm, I was genuinely having a, like a great time. I, I saw so many things, uh, that I've never seen before. I just, I was walking around observing people and places and, um, I didn't even, realized that well my grandpa was panicking and everyone was panicking calling the police and like um yeah that was just like a fun fun story and from that story i am guessing if you're the same sasha that was then seven years old you're the kind of person who loves to go with the flow and be spontaneous because then you will discover and enjoy all the new things that you wouldn't enjoy if you kept to routine. Is this like a fair assessment? Um, I guess there is um, some spontaneity to me that I that I love. But to be completely honest, as I grew um, 
older, I guess routine is inevitable. And I learned that in order to get things done, you do have to structure your day. You do have to structure your time. Um, but regardless, uh, when it comes to free time and just things that I love, um, you know, on, on the time that I don't spend studying or um, doing something for, you know, career, uh, I do love spontaneity and uh, new things and new experiences. So there's that. So I don't know whether you're a Gemini, which, which would explain this, but then you being so productive and focusing on career when it's that time, what are your goals that you have in front of you that give you that motivation to be to have that structured time and work hard and be productive? I guess people are right when they say that um, it often comes from childhood and from family, the way you were raised. And um, I guess it's the same for me, uh, partially because um, my dad, he always made it clear to me that he saw a lot of potential in me and that he... Um, he could see me do quote unquote great things that he would as he would say. And I even remember um, I came, this was like the first week of school or something. And he uh, brought me to my first, um, it was like a, like a meet, meet and greet type of um, class where I met all my teachers and classmates. And he uh, walked me through the door and he told me that, okay, this is the first, um, sort of this, this is where I put you on the train and this train will take you to um, wherever you want it to take you to as long as you stick to what you want to do and uh, get those like set your own priorities and work to it and I you know I, I was only like six but it genuinely uh, that phrase that that um, analogy it stuck stuck with me but then as I grew up it was no longer about my dad anymore. Uh, it was more so my own mentality that I guess was influenced by him, but it became my own. And I set my own goals for myself. Um, and now it's just sort of my own expectations that I that I set. Um, in particular, like working for a huge consultancy company, uh, becoming like a, a successful strategy consultant or things, uh, things like so. And yeah, I just work to it. I understand and I noticed you spoke about your grandfather and you spoke about your father. So I assume that family is has a special place in your life, maybe your family oriented. And can you speak about that? And how was it growing up with a mixed mixed somewhat of a background in Ukraine? Did you find that society is welcoming and no problem at all? Or did you feel a bit always kind of out of phase with everyone else okay on the topic of family i it's definitely uh, very very important to me uh no matter where i am i always keep very close contact with them um it's like the safety net that um really really helps um and then on the topic of um wait i'm sorry what was the second question <laughs> It's you being half Lithuanian, half Ukrainian. Did you feel like you always belonged and you're Ukrainian and fine and everything's beautiful? Or did you feel a bit almost uh, like 
half Ukrainian, really. Okay. Um, well, the thing is, I never really felt like an outcast or um, I never felt um, less Ukrainian than anyone else because I've lived here my entire life and it wasn't like I moved here at some point. Like I can, I grew up like here my entire life. So I think that's part of the reason that I never felt um, uh, like an outcast or uh, I never felt sort of um, less Ukrainian. <laughs> but there's also the fact that I went to an international school. Uh, well, I actually went to two. At first I went to Pichersk. Uh, PSI, Peshare School International, and then I uh, moved to Kiev International School. Um, and both of those schools were very accepting because uh, we had children from all over the place. Um, from my understanding, this school was actually supposed to, uh, initially supposed to be for expats, um, the children of expats. Um, so being from another country, uh, was completely normal. In fact, being fully Ukrainian was less so the norm um, in in that environment. So yeah, I, I guess I never really felt discriminated or like an outcast. Yes, I love it. I actually found that when I uh, visited and lived in Brazil, I found it less warm and friendly than people in Ukraine. Actually, Ukrainian people are really good, kind good-hearted people and it's the opposite stereotype where you expect brazilian people to be the most friendly and welcoming but because of the security issues they have there they are really really weary of anybody else where in ukraine the people are more open than you know in the beginning maybe not but after a little while they are like your best friends for real and to ask you another thing i noticed you mentioned two things you said the safety net of family is important to you. And you said that your goal is to be a consultant at a big consulting firm, which is, of course, something that brings a lot of safety as well. So are you more of somebody who doesn't like to take many risks and you prefer that warmth of uh, being in a safe kind of trajectory and path? And does this mean that you are not so individualistic? You are more of a we kind of person that relationships and community and friendships and groups of people is more uh, comfortable and better and more enjoyable for you than being alone and too independent. In terms of safety, um, I guess I could uh, say that um, it's not even about safety, it's more about stability for me. Um, so to be honest, everyone in my surroundings, so um, when I was graduating, about 60% maybe uh, of my graduating classmates were all um, heading out to be entrepreneurs. So most of them applied for business management, um, entrepreneurial science, and like all kinds of uh, things related to business, you know, owning your own company, not being under, um, well, you know, under a boss, under some sort of management. Um, but I 
never really related to this desire because I have no problem working um, in a team. I actually like the stability of working. The At least, I mean, I don't really know, you know, I have to try it to to know um, whether I actually, that's really what uh, what is right for me. But from what I know about myself, yeah, I, I do think that, uh, you know, working at a firm that's, um, would give me a stable uh, sort of lifestyle income um, would be great for me. But at the same time, um, that's in terms of just like my employer. When it comes to the work that I like to do, I really like uh, the work that I, um, you know, take on to be exciting and for it to um, force me to get out of my bubble, like, I think that's why I actually am so interested in consultancy because uh, from all the sort of forums that I read and all the talk shows that I saw about consultant life, it's very much on the go. Um, like you have, you, you have to adapt to all kinds of different problems that your client might have. Um, they say that a consultant never has the same day. Um, it's always like different, different issues, different, you know, you're, you're always faced with things that you probably have never done before, uh, because every single company that you're going to help is different. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I get it. And in a way, I imagine you'll be an artist when it comes to consulting. And I know that you love art and everything that pertains to art. Can you speak about that? as well as what are your usual sources of inspiration when you paint? Okay, uh, yes, art is definitely a passion. Um, it's actually sort of like another safety net that um, I really like whenever I feel maybe um, overwhelmed or, you know, I just want to um, do something on my own. Um I definitely always turn to art. And um, in terms of inspiration, um, you know, it's the 21st century. I won't lie. There's a bunch of stuff that I see on Instagram. And I just, like, I, I explore those artists. There's a bunch of different uh, art pages that you, that I subscribe to. And then I take an idea of a technique that they use or maybe a subject matter that they have, or literally anything like colors, shapes um, that I really like in their work, and then I adapt it to something that I um, that I want to do. So there's that, and then um, there's also nature. So in Kiev, I live in uh, I live in a in the countryside and um i'm surrounded by a forest pretty much uh, so i don't live in the center of kiev and um every time i go for a walk there's always like i i have the ability to observe uh these changing seasons um and yeah i think that's also a great source of inspiration I can imagine that when you're a consultant, you will be studying other consultants and adapting their techniques to your own work in the same way as you do with art. And to speak a bit further about this, art to you, what is it really? You said it's a safety net. 
but is it an expression of emotions or is it something that uplifts your mood or is it like writing where you express your day on the canvas or is it just something beautiful and you love the aesthetics of it when you do it? To be quite honest, I think it's a combination of everything that you've said. Um, but most of all, um, I think it's just something that, well, first of all, I like how it looks. Uh, all my, all the art that I make, I always uh, usually strive uh, for the final product to uh, be something that I would want to put up in my, uh, in my house someday. Uh, which I won't because I think it's having your own <laughs> art uh, in your own house is a little too self-absorbed. But, you know, having something that catches the eye and something that um, is beautiful. But at the same time, uh, I would say that looking at different artworks that I made at uh, different points in my life, they do um, appear very different with very different emotional uh, messages, I guess, or emotional um, like energy that, that they uh, portray. So I think um, subconsciously I do end up releasing um, like emotions that I have that have built up, whether they're positive or negative or something in between. Um, yeah, but that that's usually not my intention. My intention is just to make something beautiful, but then it ends up reflecting how I feel. I like that, what you said, and it, it, it gives me like a puzzling question about you that I'm curious to ask, because as a consultant, you have to keep emotions out of everything, be more analytical and focus on the facts more than the emotions, even if there is creativity in there, for sure. While as an artist, it's a world of emotions and waves of expression and sensations and uh, like riding that moment, are these two sides to you that exist and coexist at the same time? How do you reconcile them? And what made you be such a more complex kind of both emotional and rational kind of person? Because usually someone is, is either super creative or super analytical. I would say... I try my best um, and have worked out like a, a way to separate the two in terms of like I give myself time when I can just release emotion, whether uh, it be through art or, uh, you know, meeting up with friends or, um, you know, all kinds of different hobbies. But when I sit down uh, to do work, uh, or to study, um, I usually turn that off. I guess it's just something that I've grown, I've grown to do because uh, you're right. It, it does take a lot of um, sort of rational, logical analytics that you have to do, um, be it in consultancy or in any sort of, um, even in high school. You know when you're doing. Um, projects so um, how have I grown to be both artistic and rational um, to be honest I'm not sure how to answer that question it's just sort of the way I've been from uh, like as far as I remember myself um, I've never really suppressed 
the emotional or the rational side. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, taking a program such as IB, uh, International Baccalaureate, it, I hated it at first. Like I, I hated IB. It gave me so much stress. It made me work on my weekends. But now thinking back at it, having to do both math and science um, and literature and a different language other than English and an art, uh, having to do all of that, you know, you use your creative side um, on, say, English or art, and then you have to use your logical um, way of thinking on, say, math or science. So, yeah, I guess it does shape you in a way. I loved IB. I did a trilingual one with French and English and Arabic. So it was fun wow. for me. So it was really <laughs> cool. I didn't even know that you did that as well because I don't know. You are right now. And wondering too, since you have experience as a model and you walked at the Ukraine Fashion Week, and many people don't expect a model to be so smart and to have substance in her brain. Did you face that when you were modeling? Uh, did, what did you notice about other girls or in general? Because I noticed actually in Ukraine, you can find an IT programmer girl who is also a model. Uh, like they, they defy that stereotype. So what was your experience with that? Do you think it's a true stereotype? And what is your opinion? Um, okay, so the stereotype is definitely there. I have been, like, people have been surprised at the fact that, you know, um, <laughs> I know who Dostoevsky is and stuff as, as a model, um, which cracked me up a little bit. But um, in terms of other girls that I've met, it's actually, it really depends on the person because there have been girls who um, I met at castings or um, at shows and they seemed a little shallow to me um there not that there wasn't much substance it's just that their um their interests were very limited um but there also have been girls who were incredibly smart who you know were trilingual or i even met a girl who speaks four languages and uh, i met a girl who it was actually a fun story she uh, there was a girl who um, was late for a show. Um, and when she arrived, she ended up making the show. It was all right. But uh, everyone was like, why were you late? And she was she literally said that she just um, she was at a math Olympiad uh, and like the Ukrainian one for there were a bunch, a bunch of like um, really, really strong math students from all uh, corners of Ukraine and she actually won the um, like the competition so there's that <laughs> I love that story and I noticed actually you are a great storyteller it's not common for people to have conversations with so many stories to tell like the story about you with your grandfather and you getting wandering away I won't even say getting lost or with your uh, father or even now about this girl 
So is it more natural or were you working on your communication and reading a lot of stories and books in order to develop that storyteller kind of side of you? Literature and writing um, was always something that I love. I actually wanted to pursue journalism before I um, decided to switch paths and apply for economics. And um, my, I, I guess um, I did read a lot as a child because it was just something that my parents would force me to do at first, but then I started to love it myself. And yeah, so reading a lot, reading many, many, many stories, you get a feel for, um, well, first of all, how to tell them, you get a feel for which ones are interesting. And um, yeah, creative writing essays were always my favorite to write in uh, oh, my, my liter- uh, literature and writing classes. So, I don't know, it, it was never, it, w- it was always something that I enjoyed doing. So Well, it's funny because me, when I was a child, I used to love reading so much that I will take one of those black garbage bags and go to the used bookstore and just fill it with <laughs> with books and then carry it like um, it's Christmas Day and I'm Santa with a black bag coming <laughs> home we're full, filled with all kinds of novels and books, but not scary ones. I don't like that neither the horror movies which i'm sure you probably love them because you're so rational you need the strong doses of emotion in your life and about consulting you said you wish to be someone successful and important at a large uh, consulting firm to ask you more about this let's say you are now like the managing partner at some big name consulting firm. Why would that be important to you? Well, I mean, <laughs> I won't lie there. Um, there is the, the paycheck uh, argument, but to be honest, that's not even uh, the driving factor. It's um, the fact that these these huge companies, they're usually the ones that are trusted with the most interesting uh, projects. So, you know, um, um, they I, I would get to work with some very, very uh, experienced and uh, great professionals. And I think I could learn a lot from them. And um, there's also just the, the fact that, you know, consultancy is very much about teamwork. And... Um, Understanding the fact that um, I would be working in a team of um, other people who got into this this huge company, um, which is very, very competitive, would mean that I would have the ability to work, um, not only be led by, but also work with um, very capable, capable colleagues. And um, I just think that would be very, very interesting. And again, as I said before, like, the um, the uh, case studies that I have heard um, heard about from these large companies are incredibly interesting to me. Um, so yeah, I just figured that's that's the path for me. So if I understood you correctly, it's when you're working with and surrounded with people who are at the level you wish to become, 
you believe that through osmosis, kind of, you will become that more competent, more capable person through the people you are around, which is a factor in addition to being always on the go. Each problem is new and interesting, so there is no boredom in your work. If I understood this correctly, does it mean that even now the people you like to surround yourself with are people you look up to and you're not a person who will have friends that you think are basically idiots, <laughs> for a lack of a better word? I guess I could say yes. I definitely try try to avoid um, <laughs> idiots in my circle. Um, yeah, I, I actually... As I grew a little older and matured, um, I definitely realized that, you know, the, the circle that you surround yourself with um, is, is truly important uh, because those are the people who influence your values. And of course, every person is an individual and you can have your own uh, morals, views, opinions, interests. But the we are, after all, products of our environment um, to some extent. And I do think that by surrounding uh, yourself with people who are um, interesting and uh, have a lot to say, have um, uh, an opinion that um, you know is meaningful, uh, you could learn something from them and you could have act- like quite meaningful discussions. Um, so that's very nice. And then there's also the fact that, you know, when you're friends with somebody that's brilliant themselves, um, they will be most likely confident enough to, um, be happy for your, your successes. Uh, so it's this mutual sort of, um, um, support that I, um, I try to have with my friends. Uh, and I was lucky, like very, very lucky enough to meet people who, um, who are happy for my successes and I'm happy for theirs. So I do think that's very, very important. Uh, yeah. Wow, you opened a can of worms there. But first I will say that, yes, in systems theory, the environment is the biggest bottleneck to the successful thriving of any system which is also another thing from self-development, that you will be the average of the five people you surround yourself with. But the can of worms which I'm going to is that often if a girl is smart and attractive, often she finds it difficult to have friendships with other girls because they will be jealous of her and not celebrate her success. Is this something you have experienced? And it's why you said that you wish to have friends who are confident enough and brilliant enough to celebrate your success? Or is it something totally different? I don't want to blame anybody or, you know, dig up, dig up old dirt. But um, I guess I could say that um, I have experienced. um, So it doesn't even have to be girls. It's just uh, people who um, don't like the fact that another succeeds. Uh, and this envy is something that I really, really dislike in people. And, and I try to avoid at all, like at all costs in, uh, in, in both myself and, and other people. Um, and I just, you know, um, in high school, especially you think friendships, um, you, you have a friend and you think it's going to last forever. And then you, um, see that 
they're actually um, as you grow they grow and you might grow apart because you have different values and that happened to me a couple times and I actually am very thankful for that because it uh, showed me a lot and it um, I genuinely think I, I, I learned and I grew from that experience um, but I, I do think that I ended up having um, two speaking of girls I ended up having two um, girls that I, I'm, I'm friends with um, and they're both brilliant uh, one of them got into um, Imperial in London, which is incredible. The other one got into uh, Boston University, uh, which is also very, very um, insane. Uh, so, yeah, I and we were all three of us. We were jumping, literally jumping around with happiness and joy when the other got got their letter of acceptance. Um, so that truly showed me that, you know, uh, first of all, female friendship does exist. And second of all, it doesn't have to be envious. It could be, uh, you know, people who are confident in themselves and can be happy for the other. That's beautiful. I can imagine all three of you having like a pillow fight celebration <laughs> about <laughs> the successes you had. And it reminds me of my most favorite book ever, which is was the journal of Marcus Aurelius when he was the Caesar of Rome, and he used to write every day. It's called Meditations. He wrote every day or almost every day his thoughts, challenges, and to know that was the most powerful person of his time. And he wrote things like, people who show you hate don't love themselves. So why should you strive to be loved by people who can't even love themselves? And that reminded me exactly what you said reminded me of this specific quote. I mean, look, this conversation is so enchanting. We can do it forever. I'll be a bit more selfish and ask one more thing before we conclude. And this thing is this. Where do you wish to be five years from now? Let's say you had the magic wand and you can create the perfect life that will give you satisfaction in 2025 and hopefully by then no more corona <laughs> where would you be how would your life be both personally and in career okay so 24 I, I would be 24 by then um i would probably well hopefully have completed my bachelor and a master's program um and i would hopefully have um been accepted to a a job opportunity like a job opportunity at uh, a large consultancy firm um i don't you know uh, since this would be like my first or second year working um i don't think i would be um like a senior consultant at that point but um i would probably be an associate or uh, a junior consultant um which at 24, I would um, I would be happy with, uh, but I would still definitely want to strive for more, um, more senior roles. One second. And Are you a perfectionist in your life and painting and work and everything? Because this can explain so much. Yeah, I guess I I, I could say that I'm I'm a little bit of a of a perfectionist. <laughs> And how do you deal with it? Like, do you celebrate it or do you feel sometimes it's too intense and you wished you were another person? 
No, I mean, I, I don't think um, I celebrate it, but I also don't condemn it. I just accept it. Uh, I know that about myself that uh, in most uh, in most cases, especially when it comes to um, something academic, um, I do always strive for the best work that I can produce. And I do think that that is a good quality to have. Um, but, uh, you know, when it comes to um, life outside of work or studying, I try to um, uh, stir away from this perfectionism because it can get um, a little overwhelming to try to get every single thing right when it, it really doesn't have to be. Um, for example, in art, uh, I usually don't try to I, I don't strive for perfect I, I strive for just something uh beautiful and interesting and I don't think that that in order for something to be beautiful and interesting it has to be perfect so um yeah it's it's sort of a mix thank you and to end on a lighter note I mean not as that this was heavy, but you said that sometimes you like to go out with friends in Kiev and to enjoy yourself what are your favorite places to enjoy your day in Kiev? Which restaurants do you recommend? Which places where people can explore nature? And what are your favorite just locations in Kiev? Okay, so the first thing that came to mind is um, there's uh, the Ark of Druzhba Narodov. Uh, it's very central. It's right off of uh, Maidan. Um, and uh, the current mayor, uh, Klitschko, he, um, his government, they build a new uh, bridge that connects the Druzhba with a park. Uh, and so that's probably my favorite part uh, or place in Kiev. It's this glass, uh, glass bridge. Um, that's basically see-through and so you walk on it and I'm sort of an adrenaline junkie so I really really like that and then you you step off of it and there's this beautiful um, hill Uh, Kiev is very very hilly there's actually a saying that Kiev stands on seven hills so it's just this hill and it's all covered with um, greenery um, and all kinds of um, you know, it's like a park and um, it's this uh, long walk uh, in this park um, and then it takes you to Vozdvizhenka, uh, which is also a very, very pretty part of Podil uh, that's um, uh, in Kiev. And yeah, that, that's what came to mind. Uh, there's also um, the Botanical Garden. Um there's we have a new one and an old one. Um, the the new one is actually not my favorite. Um, f- of course, it's um, it's renewed, so it has a lot more infrastructure. But I think that the old one has a char- like um, a charm to it, and uh, in terms of the actual you know flowers and vegetation, it's a lot better. And um, so those are like sort of my my two favorite places. And um, when it comes to restaurants. Um, there is this, this beautiful, beautiful uh, restaurant that is actually on the Dnipro River. Uh, it stands um, literally on, on the river and it's called Veranda on the River. 
Um, it's amazing. The food is incredible. Um, and then there's also Italian edition, um, which is sort of a contemporary Italian restaurant, which um, I also love. Thank you, Sasha. This was so fascinating, interesting, and I loved every second. For people who want to connect with you, to follow you, to get in touch, what are your links and how can they find out more? Um, okay, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Alexandra Slusar. And... I will put the link in the description. Okay, thank you. And there's also um, Instagram, I guess. Uh, it's uh, Lex uh, underscore IE777. Thank you. And I wish you a great day. It was wonderful. Thank you for having me. Have a great evening.